Hello, I'm Charles Musgrove with Bean Team and host of Business Matters. We're back in studio today for our second episode on insurance. We've got Craig McGlynn with the Brad Burns Insurance Agency. He is the insurance expert that we have in the house today. Craig, thanks for uh, sticking around for episode number two. My pleasure. First one was great. If you missed it, check it out on YouTube podcast. You will enjoy it. So we have, Craig is in the house. We're going to talk about EPLI insurance today. We're going to talk about workers' comp, and then we're going to get into some property insurance as it relates to coastal versus non-coastal and kind of some complex stuff that we have to deal with in the state of Florida since we have all these great storms that we have to deal with. So can really uh, that can be a, a real cost to your property ownership is the insurance and where, where your property is located. So looking forward to that. And uh, like all of our shows, we have great subject matter experts that come in and talk to us. And today is no exception. We've got Craig is here, and he's really uh, he's going to bring some 30 years of experience to us and uh, bring us stuff that we need to know. To run our business better and to make sure we're insured. So just like with the discussion we had about cyber insurance, the employee practices liability insurance is critical. That's a that's a piece of insurance that I would say most businesses need to have. If not, they they certainly need to consider whether they should have it or not. So your insurance agent, like Craig, somebody that does their job well, they're going to be talking to you about EPLI insurance. They're going to talk to you about cyber. They're going to talk to you about business interruption. They're going to make sure that they understand your business so that they match up the coverage with the risk that's associated with the business. So with that, this is information you're getting on the pre-roll, the podcast, and YouTube. We're going to go right into the recording for the radio show, which is Real Talk 93.3 every Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. So when you're coming out of church, turn on the Real Talk 93.3. Check us out if you want to hear it fresh every Sunday. Otherwise, go to podcast, YouTube. And with that, I'm going to say, John, bring us in with some music, and we'll get the show started. Welcome to the Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove. On Business Matters, we discuss the issues that matter to your business. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and BeanTeam.com. And now here's your host, Charles Musgrove. Welcome back, and thank you so much. And hey, we got another great episode of Business Matters. I am Charles Musgrove, your host. Today we've got some more nuggets of knowledge that you're going to want to stick around for. We've got Craig McGlynn with the Brad Burns Insurance Agency. He is back in the house today talking insurance. It's something everybody needs. Insurance, you got to have the right coverage. In episode number one, we talked about cyber insurance, business interruption insurance. Talk to your agent about your insurance coverage to make sure you've got the right stuff in place to protect you for the for the loss. So you may have a loss you want to make sure that you're covered when it does happen. Good insurance agents, we got the best in-house today. Craig, thank you for coming back. My pleasure. We had uh, a good time on the first show. Today, we're going we're gonna to touch on some insurance coverages that we did not get to in the first episode, but they're just as important. They may These may be even more important than the ones we talked about before. They're at least as important. So uh, we're, let's talk about 
let's talk first about EPLI insurance, Employee Practices Liability Insurance. Employment Practices Liability Insurance is going to cover wrongful hiring, firing, age, race, sex discrimination. If one of your employees turns around and sues you, you have no coverage anywhere other than an employment practices liability policy. So I have um, had the, I guess, the unfortunate circumstance to work with clients that have had to, they've had issue employment employee issues where they've, they've come under litigation from the employee and the attorney, the first thing they always want to know is, do you have EPLI insurance? So that is, that's almost like the first line of defense that if you have EPLI insurance, most of the times they'll, they'll cover the, the cost of defense. Absolutely. Uh, they have a lot of exceptions and exclusions built into those policies, at least from what I've seen, that they may defend you, but they may not pay out if you're, if you're found to be at fault. Correct. So a lot of that, as, as you know and, and I've seen through, through the eyes of, of others, is the defense cost can be rather staggering. Absolutely. So just to have that EPLI coverage in place is a tremendous benefit. Uh, and there, there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a deductible involved in an EPLI coverage. There is. It's it's referred to as self retention, which, in layman's term, is a deductible, and it's generally going to be somewhere in the ten thousand dollar range. So the first ten thousand dollars of any claim is going to be the responsibility of the policy holder, and then from that point on, the insurance company is going to pick it up and pay up to the limit of the policy. Now. You brought up defense cost. Defense cost is in addition to the policy limits with the exception of one profession, which attorneys, if they purchase an EPLI policy, defense cost is actually included in the limits. Interesting. Is that because they defend themselves? Uh, not necessarily. Not usually. <laughs> usually the insurance company is going to provide somebody for right. them for yep. their defense. That's what I've seen. Also, the, the insurance companies, they typically already have uh, an arrangement with a, a, a law firm that's going to provide that defense. That's correct. So the one thing that you got to be cognizant of when you're talking about employment practices liability, it's one of the only areas in the United States where you're guilty until proven innocent because it doesn't matter what your intention was when you said something to a person. It only matters what their feelings were the rece- the receiving end of that is what what matters correct so is there so really if you if let's talk generalities here the that EPLI policy is going to cover you in the for those areas where there's uh it's in the gray area so that the correct. person saying or doing there was there was no ill intent the person receiving they received ill intent, so there's a there's a disagreement there that's litigated. That is correct. It's not something that's that's abusive, or there's a clear wrongdoing on but one part. It can be that also. So there would be coverage for that. Absolutely. So in most in most of the coverage, would there be an exclusion for that? So let's let's say that there's there's guilt that comes out of that. Is it is there still coverage? If unless it's going to be a commission, well. You commit a crime by what you're doing, it's generally going to pay. The policy is. So, um, and the, the same thing, like the employment, the cyber liability, 
there's first and third party. So if your people interact with outside people, you really want to concern concern yourself with having an employment practices liability. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, an employment practices liability policy. So in in that case, that is not just employer employee type coverage. That the EPLI also covers you if your employees, your people, interact with the outside world. Correct. You have a restaurant and they're waiting on a patron. The patron feels that there was some slur involved in it. You want to make sure that that's covered. Right. So the I guess the the coverage how how much does that person do that's still covered? That's and you said even to the point of they may be they may be determined guilty of a crime and and the policy would still cover that. Now, if if it's a crime, they're going to deny the claim. Oh, they will deny the claim. Correct. Okay, I misunderstood that. That makes sense. So if if, yeah. if they are uh, adjudicated as guilty of a crime, then the right the policy yeah is going to exclude that, which st- makes sense. Standard exclusion, you know, commission of a felony. Sorry, right, no coverage. Do they in that case? Let's assume that they've covered the defense costs. They're not going to go back and try to recapture that defense cost. No, they shouldn't. Okay, so the defense costs would be covered, but. Once the the jury or the judge says you're guilty, then you're that you're on your own for the payment of that. Correct. All right. Interesting. So, regardless, EPLI coverage is, let's say, it's there to protect the innocent. Correct. So that's a that's a coverage that every employer needs to have. That is correct. Okay. And the cost of that. So I I don't know if we got into the cost, but how how do, how is the premium for that determined? It's going to be dependent upon how many employees you have and what the percentage turnover in both management as well as staff. So that's more of a, it's not based on the revenue of the company. No. It's typically based on number of employees and Correct. kind of the, the, how you're, the turnover and probably the nature of the business as well. Correct. All right. So what are we looking at for a company with less than 50 employees and just say, normal whatever normal is turnover um so uh, again it's going to be comparable to what the cyber is white collar less than 50 employees you're probably looking somewhere in the thousand fifteen hundred dollar range okay so fifteen hundred for a million dollars worth of million dollars worth of coverage for probably 50 employees or less is kind of what you're looking at there okay so that's not a uh, terribly expensive uh, coverage that you, that you need to have for your business. Correct. I guess the the bad side of that is we're gonna we're having a fifteen hundred here, two thousand there, three thousand there. So individually, those policy premiums are not a lot, but when you add all those together of what you need, it's a it becomes a pretty sizable number. Yeah, I mean if if you had unlimited resources, I guarantee you I can make you bulletproof. But it, it's all a matter of what I'm willing to bear as far as the risk goes. I right. Now, EPLI would say that's that's one of those coverages that it you really need to have that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we talked about EPLI insurance. So let's let's touch on workers' comp. I know that's a I get that question a lot. Do I need to have workers' comp? How? What's the cutoff as far as number of employees before I have to have workers' comp insurance? If I'm a contractor, if I'm a general contractor versus a roofer, there's a difference there also. So educate us on workers comp okay 
So when you talk workers' compensation, you got to decide first off whether you're in the construction industry or your non-construction industry. The construction industry, if you have an employee, you have to carry workers' compensation insurance. Owners, officers of an LLC or a corporation, up to three of them can exempt themselves if you're in the construction industry. Only in construction? Construction. All right, so tell me, what do you normally recommend with owners that say they want to exempt themselves from workers' comp coverage? Well, workers' compensation covers a lot of things. Um, uh, Under Part A of the workers' compensation, it's zero deductible, unlimited lifetime maximum health insurance for injuries that occur on the job. It also pays 66 and two-thirds of your average 13-week earnings, so you got disability included on there also. And if you have the misfortune of dying on the job, there's a $150,000 death benefit. All right, so I'm not an insurance agent. Okay. I don't sell insurance. Right. But I always recommend for owners to make sure they're covered. They don't exempt themselves from workers' comp coverage just because of what you just said. And typically the cost of that is is – minimal especially if they're the outside salesperson it's it's a totally different rate than the roofer exactly actually up on there so you're talking 47 cents or 45 cents per 100 dollars worth of income that you're paying workers compensation on if you're the sales guy right so and generally the owner of the business why wouldn't you insure the golden goose exactly yeah that's uh that's one of those things that they're trying to save pennies and it may cost them just a ton of money. Well, the other thing is, if they're in the construction industry, disability coverage is a tough thing to come by. Right. Most health insurance has an exclusion for work-related injuries. So um, if they get injured, that's going to put that business out. So walk walk this walk through me walk this with me. Uh, if we have, if an employee is working on the job and they trip and fall, whether they're at their place of business or whether they're, at, whether they're at a client's place of business, regardless of where they are, if they injure themselves, trip and fall, whatever, paper cut, that's covered under workers' comp. That workers' compensation is your primary coverage. Um, a, a lot of people get confused. Hey, my guy was in a car accident and was injured. Workers' comp is still going to be the primary coverage for it, even though there's personal injury protection on the commercial auto policy. Right. So you could have both both policies in play on that so you've got an automobile that's going to fix the car and you've got the workers comp that's going to take care of the employee correct would it would the workers comp ever extend to a non-employee no okay so well if if they're an uninsured subcontractor subcontractor on your job site or in your business then they would they they will but um so When you do a workers' compensation audit, which a workers' comp policy is going to have an audit done every year, and if there's an uninsured sub, they're going to be included on your workers' compensation premium when they do the calculation. Is Will an audit be required, or do audits happen even under the the self-reporting every period? Yep. So they still come in to look for, not necessarily did you under-report the payroll, but did you include all of the uninsured subs that you employed as well? That is correct. Okay. Um, what about general, so general liability. So if you, if that employee, uh, trips and falls in your business, then the workers comp is going to cover that injury. Right. What's going to end up happening though, is if it was 
an actual liability that you've got a plumber who comes to your place of work, trips over a box that you left sitting in the aisle that wasn't there when he came in, workers' compensation is going to pay, but they're probably going to subrogate against the general liability at your office. Right. So that's different than if I'm a contractor. If I'm if I have a law office or my accounting firm and I've got a client that comes in or a visitor and they trip and fall, my general liability policy is gonna cover that, not my Correct. workers' comp policy. Correct. Okay. If I'm a contractor and I'm building a building and I employ a subcontractor that does not have workers' comp insurance, he gets injured, that's gonna fall to me. Correct. On my workers' comp policy. Well, actually, it's going to go under your liability policy. So most of the apartment complexes here in Tallahassee, they have very stringent insurance requirements, one of which is, hey, nobody works out here with an exemption. The reason for that is if you get a a plumber, for example, that's legal, he's got his LLC, he's got a general liability policy, he's got an exemption for workers' compensation. He comes to your house, he blows his back out under your sink, he's going to file a claim against your general liability. And there is nothing you can do about it. He has willfully given up his right to be covered by workers' compensation. As a matter of fact, he paid $50 for the exemption for a two-year time period, but he's going to file a claim against your general liability insurance, which is all the apartment complexes know that. That's why they say nobody with an exemption works out here. Yeah. So one more reason... Stay away from the exemptions for workers' comp. Correct. All right, good. So we do have the knowing which policy comes into play. So if my employee goes to a a client's business and they trip and fall for some a wet floor or the box that was left in the hallway, that goes on. That's filed on the client's general liability policy. Can be. Um, first thing they're going to do is say, hey, I was working when I went there, so uh, that should be workers' compensation. Okay. If there is, let's say there's a dog involved, so you go to a client's office and the uh, the employee gets bit by the client's dog. Oh. First off, don't take your dogs to the office. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nightmare claim. Um, I, I actually dealt with one of those at a construction site. Guy had his dog on a chain, came out, and bit my client on the leg as he was coming to give a bid. So, so what, what policy covered that? Was it his general liability policy? So what ended up happening on that one is the workers' compensation paid primary on it and then turned around and subrogated and collected so that his mod was safe from the injury on the thing. They, they were able to get the money back from the general liability of, of the guy who had the dog. Right. Okay. Which would seem that would seem normal that it would go against the the dog the dog owner's liability policy. It well the insurance company workers' compensation is going to be primary regardless, so you file it there. But then the insurance company did the right thing, got the money back, so that my guy because it was about a sixty-eight thousand dollar claim, his his workers' comp mod would have gone through the roof. Right. So, Man, that's uh well that's good that they did that. Was it a how did they work that out between the two parties was it the insurance companies that did that yeah okay that the client didn't have to do anything other than hey i i was repaired and keeping them informed with what was going on with the claim hey by the way we were able to subrogate and so your loss runs don't look like good, you had a good. Big claim on it all right well that makes sense that's probably a, 
an isolated incident, but even in that case, it would have affected the mod rate pretty pretty dramatically. Indeed. Okay, so we've talked about uh, EPLI insurance, workers' comp insurance. Um, uh, actually, you had asked the question. I started with construction industry right. workers' comp because non-construction is a little bit different who has to carry workers' compensation. So until you have a total of four employees, including owners, officers, you do not have to carry workers' compensation, non-construction industry. Now, having said that, if you're not carrying workers' compensation, say you're a small retail shop, two owners, maybe a part-time employee, you probably ought to still consider carrying workers' compensation because it's so inexpensive for what the exposure is out there. Um, If you're not carrying workers' compensation and your employee is injured, you are responsible for providing the same benefits they would have received. So there's no other, that that doesn't fall to the general liability. That comes out of you directly. Correct. And all of that is regulated by the insurance department of the state of Florida. Correct. So if you choose not to get that coverage and the employee is injured on the job, then you've got to pay for that. That's like, you have no, all of it's deductible is coming out of your pocket. Correct. So that can be tremendous Oh, yeah. Tremendously expensive. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're having to provide for the medical payments as well as ongoing income, 66 and two-thirds of their average 13 weeks, that's a huge amount of money when you're looking at, hey, I could have paid two or 300 bucks for a workers' compensation what, policy. That, that leads to another question. So I always get, get that question, too. So if the small companies that they're, they're evaluating, just like the example you listed, you talked about so it's a small retail they they could opt out there is a legal yeah. uh, there is a legal exemption for them not to have workers comp insurance so what what is the for that company what's the minimum amount of cost of that workers comp policy well the you rates said 2 or 300 dollars that seems really <laughs> inexpensive well the rates in the state of Florida are set by the state right so the, um, those those rates are all regulated so if you're a new company Correct. You're going to have a mod rate of 1? 1.0. And depending on what the class code is, so if the person's coming in and they're a part-time bookkeeper for you, that's going to be a clerical class code that's $0.20 per $100 worth of payroll. You pay the person $20,000 a year, you know, you got 40 bucks is what subject to a minimum premium of two or $300. So there is a minimum premium. So you can get policies that cheap? Oh, yeah, absolutely. L- less than $500? Oh, true. Wow. That's De- good to know. But depending that's on for, the class code. Exactly. So that goes back to the, the the qualifier there is the class code. So if you're an 8810, which would be that clerical, you're going to be very inexpensive. Correct. If you go to the more expensive stuff where your feet are off the ground, you're climbing ladders, uh, you're in a warehouse driving a forklift, then then your rates are going to be different. So you're you're probably back to the 1500 to $3,000 range. So there's officer minimums also. So when, when you're talking, there's a construction industry and there's a non-construction industry. Right. And for 2020, it's the equivalent of $500 a week for construction industry, $900 a week, non-construction industry. So when you're looking at it, if you're a painting contractor and I'm going to do the officer minimum on there, the coverage for you, you're probably looking two to three thousand dollars for you to be covered on the policy instead of getting an exemption. But if you're not carrying a health insurance policy that doesn't cover 24 hours, or you don't have a disability policy, or you don't have a life insurance policy, 
you probably ought to buy, buy it. Absolutely. Think about that. So you're going to get workers' comp coverage for, you said, two to 3000 If uh, all of you that's been in the market for health insurance, a good health insurance policy, you're going to pay at least $1,000 for $1,000 a month is going to be cheap for your health insurance. Yeah. So that, that uh, not that we're trying to replace health insurance with workers' comp, but your point is well taken that that gives you a, a lot of coverage for really not a lot of money. Correct. If you, if you do a, a comparison there to health insurance. So that's good information. Those are questions that I get frequently on what's the, do I have to have workers' comp coverage? It depends on the industry you're in, uh, construction, the the default answer there is if you've got employees, if you got a construction business, yes, you got to have workers' comp insurance. Correct. How do, do they police that? Oh, absolutely. I was actually on the phone with a guy from the Division of Workers' Compensation Enforcement today. Um, do they carry guns? They don't carry the guns. The ones that do the fraud investigation, they do actually carry guns. Okay. So if they're doing, uh, and this is in the construction industry, they they'll do. Do they ever do job site inspections where they they may do a raid? Yeah, well, I, they drive up to a place. They'll they'll drive around town looking for construction going on. And if you're not carrying workers' compensation, don't have a policy in force, when they come out, the fines start flying at that point in time. Right. And, so and a stop work order. Yeah. So they'll issue the stop work order. They they are trying to. It looks like they're trying to get money, but they're really trying to protect those people that are out there on the job site and correct there's corners that can be cut that's that's a way they can deter those corners from being cut by doing random on-site inspections to see if you're if the coverage is in place that's correct it's uh not a very friendly situation even if you've got coverage nobody likes to go through that uh so yeah that's 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 great information to know about workers comp it is uh like a lot of the insurance i'll say all the insurance you need to rely on Smart people, good people that are looking out for your best interest, and those agents that really understand the business that you're in, the business risk that you're that you're taking on, so that they can put those policies in place to best mitigate that risk. Craig, it's been a great session we've had today. Another great episode of Business Matters. You've made it great. Thank you so much for joining us for the second episode on insurance. I'm Charles Musgrove, your host of Business Matters. Thank you for joining us. I want you to have a great day, a blessed week. Come back and listen next week. Real Talk 93.3, Sunday at 1130. Peace and love. The Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove is sponsored by The Bean Team. For all your business accounting and tax preparation needs, visit beanteam.com or call 893-7710. You can listen to more episodes of Business Matters on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or visit beanteam.com.